Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be going in-depth into my week number nine wide receiver rankings and tiers for the 2023 fantasy football season. But before we can get into my top 36 wide receivers for the week, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure they do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. So without further ado, let's get into my week number nine wide receiver rankings and tiers for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with the S tier at the wide receiver position at number one with Tyreek Hill of the Miami Dolphins going up against his former team, the Kansas City Chiefs, on Sunday in the morning. Tyreek Hill has been a top four wide receiver in four straight games, and I honestly believe he is going to be the wide receiver one this week against the Chiefs. I think this matchup has very high scoring upside. I think even though the Chiefs do have a solid secondary, that even the best of defenses have struggled to stop Tyreek Hill. This is a guy that can get open and get a 60-yard catch and a touchdown at any point in the game. He has talked a lot of shit against the Kansas City Chiefs and I think this is a put up or shut up game and I think Tyreek Hill is going to put up a load of points in this spot. I think he's a very safe fantasy football wide receiver this week and again I believe he will be the wide receiver one. At number two we have Stefan Diggs of the Buffalo Bills going up against the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. This is another game that I feel like is going to be very high scoring. I know the Bengals defense has definitely looked a lot better as of recently and I know Stefan Diggs kind of shit the bed last week up against the Buccaneers but at the end of the day Stefan Diggs is still one of the best wide receivers in the NFL in what could be a very high scoring matchup this feels like a game where Stefan Diggs takes over. At number three, we have Jamar Chase of the Cincinnati Bengals going up against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday night football at home in Cincinnati. So like I just described, this really does feel like a high scoring game. The Buffalo Bills defense is beaten and battered to shit with injuries. So I really think this is yet another game where we could see Jamar Chase go nuclear. He was the wide receiver five last week and it is very clear to me that there is a stark difference with Joe Burrow to start off the season compared to that game against the Cardinals in week five and beyond. Coming out the bye week is the best we've ever seen the Bengals. It's not like the 49ers defense is as strong as I thought they would be. But last week, Jamar Chase had 100 receiving yards, 10 receptions, two carries. He had a touchdown, and he could easily do something very similar this week against, again, a much worse version of the Bills defense compared to the first couple weeks of the season. At number four, we have A.J. Brown of the Philadelphia Eagles going up against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, some people might fret. They might start to panic on A.J. Brown because, oh my God, he's got to play against the Cowboys. But this man has ripped off so many games in a row since week three. From week three to week eight, he has gotten over 125 yards in every single game. And he's also scored a touchdown in a majority of those games. This man is on fire, like that Alicia Keys song. And even against the Dallas Cowboys defense, you have to fire up A.J. Brown with supreme confidence because regardless of the defense, 
this man could end up as the wide receiver one, currently the wide receiver two on the season. At number five, we got C.D. Lamb of the Dallas Cowboys going up against the Philadelphia Eagles. Over the last two games, we have really seen C.D. Lamb at the top of his performance, right? Earlier on in the season, things were a little dicey with Lamb and the Dallas Cowboys offense, but recently, he's really found his stride up against the Rams last week. 12 receptions, 158 yards, 12 rushing yards, and two touchdowns as the wide receiver one. The Eagles' defensive line is very good, but their secondary is a little bit spotty, so I think this should be yet another solid game out of Lamb. Moving now to the A tier, wide receiver six through eight. Now, I love all of these wide receivers as well. They're just a slight step down compared to the top five guys in the S tier. Now, Keenan Allen has had two semi-down games in a row. Last week against the Bears in a soft-serve cupcake matchup, he had 10 targets, 8 receptions for 69 yards. Very nice. I like my name of Borat, but zero touchdowns. Wide receiver 26 on the week. Now he faces the Jumbo Jets defense in MetLife on Monday Night Football. A much tougher matchup, but yet again... Keenan Allen is one of the most consistent wide receivers in the NFL. The man is always open like a goddamn Waffle House, and even up against a tougher Jets defense, even up against Sauce Gardner, I think Keenan Allen has huge upside the ball. At number seven, we have Adam Thielen of the Carolina Panthers going up against the Indianapolis Colts. A much easier matchup for Thielen compared to what we just talked about with Keenan Allen. Wide receiver 24 last week, but dating all the way back to week two, he has been a top 24 wide receiver every single week and we've seen him be a top five wide receiver in that stretch three different times currently the wide receiver eight on the season with a wet dream matchup against the Colts I get Bryce Young hasn't looked great this season but he doesn't need to look like Tony the Tiger they're great for Adam Thielen to have a big game so yet again we got to rank Adam Thielen highly until he really shits the bed we got to keep ranking him inside the top 10. At number 8, we got Jalen Waddle away. Waddle, waddle. Till the very next day. Now, his first three games of the season, it was like, Nick, you fucking idiot. Jalen Waddle's a bust. And then recently, Jalen Waddle has started, has started, has started soaring and flying like his name was Troy Bolton. Wide receiver six last week against the Patriots with over 120 yards, seven receptions, and one touchdown. Again, this matchup, you could smell it through the screen. This matchup against the Chiefs reeks of points. I think we're going to continue to see Jalen Waddle go on a tear. And Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill can coexist and both have big games at the same time. Moving now to the B tier. Wide receiver number nine, Devontae Adams of the loss. Vegas Raiders. Now the bad man is gone in Josh McDaniels. They fired their GM and their new interim head coach used to play on the Giants. So a bit of a revenge game for the head coach. Now... Adams has been down in the fucking gutter. He has been ass up, and the, you know, the, the Raiders haven't been using any lube on this situation. Things have been bad news bears for Adam Thielen. But now that the bad guy's gone, now that Jimmy Garoppolo has been benched for Aiden O'Connell, I think Adam Devontae Adams is going to bounce back. And that was a little bit scary to put him in your lineup 100%. But I'm not quitting on a guy that is as skilled as Devontae Adams. At number 10, we got Mike Evans of the Bucks going up against the Houston Texans in Houston. Recently, we have seen a couple down games for Evans as Chris Godwin has started ascending, but Evans has scored a touchdown in back-to-back weeks. And if we're being honest with you, the Houston Texans matchup is pretty mid. Normally, we see Baker Mayfield play pretty good against these kind of average defenses. 
Baker's looked good over the last couple of games, and I think this game's going to be close. I think they're going to be able to throw the ball a decent amount, and I think Mike Evans will probably finish inside the top 12, get back to his old ways. Week 7, he was the wide receiver 7, so... I don't think there's really any need to panic on Mike Evans. At number 11, we got Chris Olave of the New Orleans Saints, recently arrested for driving a little too fast, but that's okay because he's going to be going really fast, ludicrous speed up against the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears defense is, in my opinion, the nut low defense in the NFL, the worst defensive unit in the NFL. The problem with Chris Olave is that Derek Carr basically attaches rocks to this guy and throws him into the fucking ocean because Chris Olave is a lot of the time always open. He's a guy that gets nine plus targets every single week, but the problem is Derek Carr's accuracy is like terrible. It's not like terrible. It's fucking awful. But then he throws a bomb to Rashid Shahid and it's like Tua threw it to Tyreek. Perfectly accurate. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. But again, with this matchup, even with the topsy-turvy season Olave has had, I think you would be crazy not to be confident enough to start Chris Olave. At number 12, we got Cooper Cup. Now, Stafford might play. He might not play. That is still very much up in the air. When he came back off of that injury, he was the wide receiver 12 and 4. Recently, wide receiver 53 and 74. Now, again, I'm not jumping ship yet with Cooper Cup, but there are a lot of question marks here. And those question marks have led to me not ranking him inside of the top 10. I know. Nick, you still have him ranked inside the top 12? Yeah, I still think he is, in my opinion, a top 5, maybe top 3 receiver in the NFL. And he's got a great matchup against the Packers defense. That just traded away one of their better pieces defensively. But I still worry that without Stafford, with Brett gripping it and ripping it, things aren't going to go too well. But again, with so many teams on by... I don't think that you can rank Cooper Cup much lower. At number 13, we got Garrett Wilson. Now, I, for one, feel a pit in my stomach every time I start Garrett Wilson. And the reason why I say that is not because I think Garrett Wilson's a bad player, but it's because Zach Wilson is his quarterback, and Zach Wilson is incredibly hit or miss every single week. With all of that said, and with me kind of shitting on Zach Wilson, at the end of the day, this week, he gets the Chargers. So, while... I am someone that's a huge detractor of Zach Wilson, and there's a lot of people saying Zach Wilson's clutch. I don't think he's very clutch at all, but with that said, he's got the Chargers. It doesn't take Mahomes or Peyton Manning or one of the Joe Burrow, you know, to do good against the Chargers defense. So even Zach Wilson being below mid, you don't need a fucking rocket scientist at QB to succeed against that Chargers defense. So again, while it feels a little bit gross, a little disgusting, I'm still playing Garrett Wilson with confidence. At number 14, we got Devontae Smith going up against the Dallas Cowboys. Finally, Devontae Smith had a good game last week. Now, the first two weeks, things were great. Then he was the wide receiver, 69. Then that's, I like, 24, 99, 41, 44, and 10, right? That wide receiver, 10 game felt like a resurgence. Now, am I saying he's going to finish top 10 again? No. Do I feel like he can't go back to wide receiver 99 again? I do feel like that, if I'm being honest with you. But even in a tougher spot against the Cowboys, 
This man is on one of the better offenses in the NFL with one of the best quarterbacks with the best O-line. Don't get cute when it comes to Devontae Smith. Moving now to the C tier. At wide receiver 15, we have Michael Pittman Jr. Going up against the Carolina Panthers in Carolina. If you guys have enjoyed thus far, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below as well as hitting that like button. Now, Michael Pittman Jr. has been a very safe commodity for fantasy football over the last three weeks as a top 16 wide receiver in all three games. Now, obviously, we all know that Gardner Minshew is not as good as Anthony Richardson, but Gardner Minshew also isn't just some schlub that comes off the bench and makes a lot of mistakes. He's not able to necessarily make all of these crazy throws that maybe Anthony Richardson could make, but he's also not complete nutter dick cheese. I love this matchup against the Panthers. And I love the amount of volume that Michael Pittman sees week in and week out. It should be no surprise to anyone if he gets over 10 targets this week against the Panthers. So with how many targets he's been getting and with how consistent he's been, he scored a touchdown in back-to-back weeks. Wouldn't it be very surprising if he ended up with a three-peat? Shout out to Kobe this week against the Panthers. At number 16, we got Puka Nakua. Now when it comes to Puka Nakua, I am starting to get... Kind of nervous. Now, I'm nervous about Cup. I'm starting to get kind of nervous about Puka Nakua. Now, Puka was excellent early on in the season, and I don't think Cooper Cup being there has really completely sunk the battleship of Puka Nakua's upside weekly. We've seen him be a top five receiver with Cooper Cup there, but it does take away a lot of the safety of Puka Nakua where he was basically a locked and loaded top 15, 16 option. Now, is a guy that could easily fall outside the top 24. Now, again, the matchup's great, but we need to monitor this Stafford situation. At number 17, we got DK Metcalf going up against the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Metcalf is currently questionable, but I don't think there's really any worries that he will end up missing this matchup. A little bit spooky up against the Ravens, but when it comes to Metcalf, while he's been pretty topsy-turvy all year, when he has his down games, they aren't the down games that are so bad that your team is just fucked if you started him, right? He's not the wide receiver 60, the wide receiver 50 when he has a bad game. He's like the wide receiver 35. And again, is wide receiver 35 great? Of course not. But it's also not so bad to where the rest of your team can't overcome it. So even up against a tougher Ravens secondary, this is a game that the Seahawks really need to show up in. This is a game where Geno Smith needs to puff his chest out and start looking better than what we've seen of him for the whole entire season. So I, for one, while I am nervous about Seattle, while I'm someone who has been a detractor of the Seahawks offense, and while I've been someone that in the offseason talked a lot of shit about Metcalf, and to be honest with you, I've been kind of right through this point in the season, there's too much upside that Metcalf possesses to rank him a lot lower. At number 18, we got Zay Flowers. Now, if I'm being honest with you, I trust Zay Flowers a little bit more than Metcalf but I feel like Metcalf could be like the wide receiver three this week, and I don't necessarily think Flowers could do so. Wide receiver 69, 28, 15, 25 over the last four games. Zay Flowers is the most consistent piece of this Ravens passing attack outside of Mark Andrews. All the other guys struggle, right? The ball hits them right in the hands. Fumble! You know, they just drop the ball, not actually fumble, but you get what I mean. Like, the ball hits them in the hands, and boom, it's in the dirt. Right, so Flowers has been a guy that's been very impressive throughout his rookie season and has shown us a lot of highs, right? There's a lot of big play upside out of Flowers. This isn't a guy that's going to get 14-plus targets a game like Michael Pittman, but as long as he gets eight, he should be good enough. 
I'm just Ken. And number 19, we've got Terry McLaurin of the Washington Commanders going up against the New England Patriots in New England. Four straight, not four straight games, three straight games as a top 25 wide receiver. And it really feels like Terry McLaurin has kind of escaped the part early on in the season where McLaurin just didn't really look good. I thought maybe Sam Howell would be the savior for McLaurin. And then early on in the season, it was like, wow, this Nick guy's an idiot. And now recently, he started to live up to my expectations. I love this matchup against the Patriots. But again, when it comes to trusting McLaurin, you also have to trust that the offense won't shit the bed. And again, while I am a big fan of Sam Howell, I do worry that, you know, Howell's good for like a shit game every couple of weeks. Now we move to the D-tier wide receiver 20, T. Higgins going up against the Buffalo Bills. Before we talk about T. Higgins and the rest of the wide receivers all the way through wide receiver 36, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em in the whole entire universe, and Underdog has a great offer for you guys today that I'm going to be talking about in just a couple of seconds, but first, I want to help you guys understand how the Underdog Pick'em works. You're going to have to pick at least one player from two different teams in order to make things work. So we're going to be talking about the Dolphins versus Chiefs game here at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sunday. We are going to go with Raheem Mostert higher than 51.5 rushing yards. The Chiefs secondary pretty solid. The Chiefs run defense no bueno. So Raheem Mostert higher than 51.5 rushing yards. And then we're going to go to the Chiefs and we are going to go with Mr. Rashi Rice, higher than 45 and a half receiving yards. I think he could easily get 50 plus in this spot against the Dolphins defense. So when you match those two together, if they both hit, you will get three times your entry fee. If you do three different players, then it would be six times your entry fee if it hits. Four is 10 times and five is 20 times your entry fee. Now, if you are new to Underdog Fantasy and you live in one of the states on your screen right now, you can get a first match deposit bonus of up to $500. So if you deposit $500, they'll give you an additional 500. If you do 100, it's additional 100, 50, additional 50, 25, additional 25. The minimum deposit on Underdog Fantasy is $10. So all you have to do is click on the link in the video description or use promo code NOTORIOUS to activate that offer. If you have a gambling problem, please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things, T. Higgins, wide receiver 20. Now, I know this season for T. Higgins has been like a goat bad, right? <laughs> that was a shitty joke. Are they a goat to the, the animals that ba? Maybe I need to go back to fucking kindergarten because that joke might have been a miss. But at the end of the day, T. Higgins has been a miss this season. He's been a big, fat bust. And... Coming out the bye week, he looked better. So I'm confident that he's going to start looking better because while you can blame Higgins all you want, you can also blame the fact that Joe Burrow looked like a steaming pile of dog shit early on in the season. So hopefully Burrow's able to revive T. Higgins here. And I think going forward, we should start leaning more into T. Higgins' upside. At number 21, can you do something for me? We got Chris Godwin of the Bucks going up against the Houston Texans in Houston. Recently, Chris Godwin has been playing a lot better. Last week, 18 points, 54 receiving yards on five receptions, and a touchdown with 14 rushing yards. Like the matchup against the Houston Texans. Again, if you're talking about safety and you don't want to factor in upside, I legitimately think... 
Godwin, Jacoby Myers, and Gabe Davis, wide receivers 21, 22, and 23, are safer than T. Higgins. So take with that as you will. And again, these rankings fluctuate. My opinion changes. Right now, this is where they're set. On Sunday, I might tweak things slightly. So if you want the updated rankings, you can check out the Patreon link in the video description for $7.50 a month. I typically update the rankings around three or four times a week. And I also answer every single question that is asked on there within a couple of hours. So at number 21, again, Godwin. I like this spot against the Texans. Think he's going to be pretty reliable. Now, we've only seen one top 10 game out of Godwin, so his upside his upside might be a little bit limited by the fact that they have a lot of pieces that are usable in this offense. And, you know, with me thinking this is going to be a bigger Evans game, maybe Godwin barrels back down to earth a little bit. But even if he falls off a little bit, he'll probably just be like the wide receiver 25. So I think wide receiver 21 is a very, very fair ranking. At number 22, we got Jacoby Myers of the Las Vegas Raiders going up against the New York football giants at home in Viva Las Vegas. Now, last week for the whole Raiders offense outside of Josh Jacobs was a night to forget about wide receiver 92. Prior to that, though, three straight weeks is the wide receiver or inside the top 14 wide receiver 11, 14, and 10. Jacoby Myers has been a huge surprise for me this week or this season not just this week this season because he came out the gate on fire as the wide receiver three this was a guy that I thought going from the Patriots to the Raiders would kind of sink his battleship because Devontae Adams was there and that has been far from the truth we've seen Jacoby Myers ball out with Aiden O'Connell and if I'm keeping it a buck 50 if I'm being honest with you I trust Myers slightly more than I trust Devontae Adams. At number 23, we got Gabe Davis. Now, Gabe Davis was in a tad bit of a slump from week six through seven, wide receiver 88 and 84, but he escaped. He was breaking free out of that last week against the Bucks. Nine receptions, 87 yards, and a tug. Wide receiver number nine, and I think he's going to be able to score yet again here up against the Bengals. He has scored one, two, three, four, five total times on the season in a grand total of eight games. So he's scoring in a majority of the games. He's a guy that probably needs that touchdown to finish well in fantasy, but the expert consensus rankings got him as the wide receiver 31, and based upon the consistent production that Gabe Davis has put up for a majority of the season, I think that that's a little bit foolish ranking him that low. At number 24, we got Nico Collins. Now, we talked about this in the wide receiver start sit video, but Nico Collins is essentially the definition of a boom-bust wide receiver. He's just like Tyler Lockett. Now, we talked about Metcalf and how he's been pretty boomer bust, but again, when we talked about Metcalf, we said when Metcalf busts, he's not fucking busting your head in with one of those, like, like Negan in... The Walking Dead, right? He's not completely flattening your skull like one of those presses. You know what I'm talking about? Like the, uh, a couple years ago, there was like, I don't know exactly what it's called. It's called the something press and hydraulic press. And they would just like destroy things. Like, Nico Collins is kicking your fucking head in. He's teabagging you on the ground when he has a bad game. But when he has a big game, it is huge, right? It's a huge game. So, you're kind of playing with fire every week for Collins. Expert consensus rankings got him as the wide receiver 15. I just don't got the cojones. I don't got the massive balls like Stan Marsh to be able to do that. Now, could he easily finish as the wide receiver 15? Yeah, but we've seen he's been the wide receiver 5, 3, 
24 were the good games. Then the bad games, wide receiver 77, 54, 31, 67. So his consistency just really isn't there. He's not like a fast food restaurant. You go there every single time like Taco Bell. You go to Taco Bell, that shit tastes the same every single time, right? Not much difference. You go to Burger King, sometimes Burger King tastes like the king himself put his nutsack on your sandwich, and other times it tastes great. So it's very hit or miss. That's how I describe Nico Collins, like the king putting some nutsack on your burger. Next up, we move to the E tier, wide receivers 25 through 28. Now I love DJ Moore. I was a wiki wiki DJ Moore truther all offseason, but without Justin Fields with Tyson Bajent under center yet again, we have to recognize that the ceiling is significantly lower. It's like going to one of those mansions where the ceiling is like fucking 50 feet tall and there's like a chandelier, you know? With Justin Fields, that's how it went. Now, it's like when you built your first Minecraft house, it's like a three by three made out of fucking dirt and there's not even a wood door, right? That's the ceiling now with Tyson Bajent. Wide receiver 24 is the best he's done with Bajent. He's going to get eight plus targets probably, Okay matchup against the Saints, but it's just the upside isn't there. Now, I can't rank him significantly lower because I think he probably finishes in the range of wide receiver 25 through 28, 30-ish, but can't rank him much higher because I just, you just can't with Bajent under center. Now, could Bajent pull a rabbit out of a hat and have a huge game? Yeah. Yeah. Like fucking, oh my gosh, I forgot his name for a second. L.A. Knight, but man, man, oh man, I, I just can't do it. I can't rank him higher. Number 26, we got Josh Downs. His name might be down, but he's getting my money up, baby. Wide receiver 29 last week, wide receiver 26 in my rankings. Now, he was a limited participant in Thursday's practice. Something to monitor because if he doesn't play, you don't want to play him. Shocker. If he doesn't play, you can't play him. Going up against the Panthers this week in Carolina, I like the matchup a ton. Wide receiver 29 last week, like I said, but with Gardner Minshew under center, we've seen Josh Downs be relatively reliable. Wide receiver 29, 4, 30, 18 over the last four weeks. Think he's a pretty safe bet to finish in this range. And again, I like the matchup, but you have to monitor the injury report. At number 27, we got Amari Pooper Scooper Cooper going up against the Arizona Cardinals. Deshaun Watson might play. He might not play. Does it move the needle too much? No. Now, I would probably prefer Watson, but with how Watson's looked this season, I don't know too much about that. Now, I was a big Cooper fan in the offseason. If you told me week one, he gets the Cardinals in week nine, where would you rank him? Top five, top ten. But because of how the quarterback has played, he's stuck at wide receiver 27. Super duper high upside. But again, the floor is the ceiling, or the, the floor, I guess. The ceiling is still very high, but the floor is fucking lava with Amari Cooper. At number 28, we got Jordan Addison Ray of the Minnesota Vikings, wide receiver 13-1 and one over the last two games as a big Jordan Addison truther in the offseason. Great success by me because Jordan Addison has looked great four games in a row with at least one touchdown. Great spot against the Falcons. The problem is, the issue here is that Jaron Hall is the starting quarterback this week. Now, maybe they end up tugging Hall out of the game like his name was Robert Kraft, and we end up seeing Joshua Dobbs come into the game, but this really puts a damper 
on Addison this week. Again, he's not like a must-sit player because we know just how good he is. But again, I've said this for a bunch of players. You just can't rank him much higher than this because of the situation that he is in. Now into the F tier, wide receivers 29 through 33. Again, if you've enjoyed this far, hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button down below. Tyler, lock it in my pocket. Skirt up against the Baltimore Ravens. Banged up, question mark right now. Should be playing. Now, this is a guy, we talked about it already. Very boomer bust. Wide receiver 12, 48, 19, 42, 56, 6, 91. Again, those down games aren't just the wide receiver 30. They are the wide receiver 50 plus where it really sinks your battleship. Going up against the Ravens is a tough look, but again, Lockett's a guy that any given catch could be taken to the crib. So, he just sits in this range every week from wide receiver 26 to like 33. You never love playing him, but he's that firecracker. I've made this joke a million times, but sometimes you end up with a nice 4th of July firework escapade, right? Super fun. You and your family are chilling out watching. And sometimes when you start locking, you end up like JPP with a couple less fingers. And number 30, we got Jahan Dotson going up against the Patriots in New England. No Curtis Samuel this week, which should lead to more targets for Dotson. Eight plus targets in back-to-back weeks. Wide receiver seven last week with over 100 receiving yards, eight receptions, and a touchdown. Will he be able to replicate it? I'm not too sure. But what I do know is that I was a guy that really liked Dotson at the end of last year because he started flashing a lot, and I really liked him coming into the 2023 fantasy football draft process. The problem here has been that he just wasn't getting as many looks as I thought he would, and he was kind of underperforming early on when he did get the looks. But recently, he's been looking a lot better. So if you drafted him, you're probably pissed enough to cut him. Someone may have picked him up. And they might be starting him this week because, again, the matchup is great. At number 31, we got Rashid Shahid. Rashid Shahid, another perfect example of high risk, high reward. In his last three games, he's been the wide receiver 8, 52, and 12. Like I said with Olave, though, when Rashid Shahid's wide open deep down the field, the ball looks like fucking God himself. The football gods are taking the ball directly to Rashid Shahid's hands. When Olave's wide open... It looks like fucking Stevie Wonder threw the goddamn ball to him. So, Shahid's upside any given week is weak winning. He's not going to get 10 targets. He got three targets last week, three receptions for 153 yards and touchdown. It's like that old school Randy Moss meme where it's like three catches, three receptions. It's like two or three touchdowns and 100 plus yards. I think that was the Thanksgiving game. If you're an older fella or woman, you might know what I'm talking about. If not, you've probably seen the meme. If you're my age, you've seen the meme. So, great matchup against the Bears. But again, I'm not going to be crazy loco and rank him much higher than this because the downside's very down. At number 32, we got Rashi Rice going up against the Dolphins in Germany. Down game for Rice last week. But again, I've been saying this all week. I'm not blaming any of these Chiefs players for shit in the bed. Like, the only guy you can really blame is Mahomes because he was the reason why this whole Chiefs offense was inept last week. He was sick. He was bad. I think he bounces back against the Dolphins, even though I hope he sucks and the Dolphins win by 72. Shout out to the 72 Dolphins. Rashi Rice, he'll be fine here. We talk about this every week, but Mahomes loves to spread the rock around. He shares the wealth. He throws the ball five times to Rice. He'll throw it five times to Tony. And then Travis Kelsey will get 50 targets. But outside of Kelsey, everyone else kind of gets evenly distributed the ball. 
So if Rice can do well with his five targets like he's been doing over the last couple of weeks, you're going to be happy. If not, he was probably going to get you 10 points and you'll be okay. And number 33, we got Romeo Dobbs, the only receiver that I kind of trust in the Packers offense, which is sad because I was a huge Christian Watson truther. Jordan, love me, tender, love me, sweet, has been giving me some rough love, some tough love, pause as of recently. But Romeo Dobbs continues to find the end zone. He's got a nose, a schnoz for the end zone, back-to-back weeks with the touchdown. Just praying for that touchdown again. Moving now to the G tier. Wide receiver 34, Tank Dell. Tank Dell, another heavily boom or bust player. Solid matchup against the Bucks, So he gets the nod to be in the G tier due to the upside. At this point in the rankings, I'm not going to put a player that's just going to get you like nine points every week. That would be fucking stupid. I'm putting the guys that have high upside, you know, to score. So... That's why we're putting him here. Number 35, Hollywood Brown. Marquise Brown going up against the, the Browns with Clayton most likely Looney Tune starting. Now with Clayton Tune, rookie's first ever start against the Browns. Good luck, pal. But Hollywood Brown's good enough to, if he gets like seven targets, he could just make, make do a fucking wiggle like he's part of the Wiggles, make someone miss and score a touchdown. So that's why he's ranked here. And number 36, Joshua Palmer going up against the New York Jumbo Jets. Banged up, returned from injury in week eight. Clearly a bad matchup against the Jets, but again, he gets enough targets to be reliable enough to enter into your lineup. And he does have pretty high upside. We've seen him be a top 10 receiver once this season. So thank you guys all so much for watching today's video. If you didn't enjoy, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below as well as hit that like button. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. I love you guys all a ton. I hope you all have a great day. And as always, good boy.